Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello there. Thank you for inviting me into your eardrums. I'm Sarah Wendell. This is episode number 514 woohoo, of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. My guest this week is Denise Williams. Denise is a contemporary romance author with several books coming out this year, including a whole series of audio first novellas. And she's also releasing her third novel, Do You Take This Man? Denise is also a wedding officiant. So we are going to talk about the process of uniting people in matrimony, what she loves most, and how she makes the event meaningful for the people who were there. If you need some happy wedding stories, we have so many. This episode will definitely make you smile. Speaking of making me smile, hello to the Patreon community. Thank you so very much for supporting the show each and every week. You make sure there's a transcript, you make sure we keep going every week, and... You're just generally fabulous. If you would like to have a look at our Patreon, have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. This episode is brought to you by A Duke for Diana by Sabrina Jeffries. Behind the scenes of every gorgeous 19th century ball or house party are the heroines of this dazzling new series, Regency Era Event Planners. This series revolves around a group of young women, each with her own specialty, music, fashion, food, and so forth. In A Duke for Diana, self-made engineer Jeffrey Brookhouse has unexpectedly inherited the dukedom of Greenwood, but he has a secret that could ruin his family. Hoping to save his timid sister from that fate, he seeks to marry her off to a respectable, protective gentleman. With the London season imminent, Jeffrey hires elegant occasions to orchestrate her debut, and Lady Diana Harper, spirited fashion expert, proves more than he bargained for. Not only do we have strong historical makeover vibes, but each book in the series contains two romances. The primary romance between the event planner and her hero, as well as a secondary romance between a young debutante the event planner is assisting for society functions. You can find A Duke for Diana by Sabrina Jeffries wherever books are sold. Find out more at kensingtonbooks.com. 
This podcast is brought to you in part by June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game that several of you have downloaded and started playing along with me. Hello to all of the members of the SBTB Romance Club inside June's Journey, and nice job on us getting that first place. June's Journey is a hidden object murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June Parker, an amateur detective investigating a series of mysteries full of twists and turns around every corner. You progress through the mystery story by gathering clues found in different scenes and you level up by building and restoring property on Orchid Island. There are so many different elements, but the heart of the game is the hidden object scenes where you try to find as many objects as quickly and accurately as you can. It is very easy to get caught up trying to beat my last score. I really like the puzzle challenges, but I really like how relaxing it is. And one of my favorite things to do at the end of the day now is listen to a podcast and try to beat the weekly challenges. There is a detective in all of us. Find your inner detective. Download June's Journey free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Ritual, a vegan-friendly multivitamin delivered to your door that's formulated with high quality nutrients in bioavailable forms that your body can actually use. I like Ritual because they never make me feel nauseated. And I like knowing what I'm putting in my body and why. And the packaging tells me literally everything. Their transparent supply chain details where each ingredient comes from and why it's there. I like a nerdy vitamin. You won't find sugars, GMOs, major allergens, or synthetic fillers or artificial colorants. I also love how easy it is with Ritual. My multivitamins are delivered to my door every month with free shipping always. I can start or snooze or cancel my subscription at any time, and I don't have to think about refills or buying more. Ritual contains everything my body needs, like vitamin D and omega-3 DHA. It's all in one place. These are supplements you can trust taking. Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off your first three months when you visit ritual.com slash Sarah to start your ritual today. That's ritual.com slash Sarah. This episode is brought to you by Fuzzy, a telehealth service for pet parents that offers 24-7 access to personalized pet care from veterinary professionals. As you know, I have a feline audio assistant, Wilbur, and two elderly dogs, Buzz and Zeb. And if you have elderly pets, you know that their health can change very rapidly and sometimes in scary ways. From everyday questions to middle-of-the-night emergencies, Fuzzy has the answers pet parents need through live chat and virtual vet consultations available 24-7. Fuzzy can answer your pet questions, big and small, urgent and everyday. I know with Zeb, who is probably about 14, I need to pay attention to his skin. He has old dog lumps and bumps, and while I know not to worry about some of them, having a veterinary professional available for my questions is a big relief. Fuzzy helps me help them enjoy their years with us. Right now, Fuzzy is offering our listeners a free seven-day trial membership. Go to yourfuzzy.com slash Sarah today to sign up. That's a free seven-day trial and access to exclusive member discounts on pet meds, supplements, food, and more at yourfuzzy.com slash Sarah. Again, yourfuzzy.com slash Sarah for your free trial of Fuzzy with access to 24-7 personalized pet care and vet-recommended products. This podcast is brought to you in part by Athletic Greens. 
If you are looking for an all-in-one supplement to start your day and you would like one that tastes good, take a look at Athletic Greens. AG1, or Athletic Greens, is a small microhabit with big benefits. I started taking Athletic Greens because it's easy, it contains everything I need and want in a supplement, and it's fast, and it tastes really good. First thing in the morning, one scoop, cold water, done. And my stomach never gets upset either. It's lifestyle-friendly, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, and contains less than a gram of sugar with no GMOs. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Sarah. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Sarah to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. It's time to do the podcast. It's time to walk down the aisle. Not really, but whatever you're doing, I hope you enjoy this episode. This is a very, very happy one. I hope you'll let me know if it makes you smile. On with the podcast. Well, hi, I'm Denise Williams. I use she, her pronouns, and I am a romance author. And then uh, I guess I have a day job too. I work at a university and I officiate weddings. Okay. All of these things are very cool. And I want to start with your 2022 release schedule because I went to your website and I'm looking through and you have an amazing 2022. (laughs) Like it is incredible. I'm a little worried. You might be a little tired. Congrats on all of the books. Can you tell me about some of them? Yes. Thank you so much. You know, it oscillates between amazing and, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Yeah, that's uh, a lot. four <laughs> books out this year. Uh, three novellas uh, that all take place at an airport, which has been fun. And those were audio first. I'm a total audiobook fan. And so that just felt like fangirling at every step of the way. Uh, but all three of those took place in and around an airport. The first one is The Love Connection, which is out now. And that one is fake dating between a romance author who is also works in risk management and an airport dog groomer. And I don't even know if that's a real job, but I thought it should be. And for romance reasons, now it is. It is now. So they, uh, yeah, they're fake dating in the airport. She is his muse. And then, uh, of course, love happens from there. There's kind of a wily dog. The uh, second one, the misconnection is two professors who are rivals, but they don't know what each other looks like. And of course, end up making out in an airport on New Year's Eve when they're both stranded, because what else would you do on New Year's Eve when you're stranded in an airport? Of course. And then uh, they learn who each other are and they have to travel together on a five city tour. So it's a grumpy sunshine. Um, It is uh, my first uh, black love. Uh, Both the, The characters are black and then the heroine is bisexual. Um, and so that was fun to just bring different elements of all these different characters together um, as they have this sort of fun, romantic, grumpy sunshine relationship. And then the last one, the sweetest connection is two best friends who both work in the airport and they are in love with each other, but of course haven't shared that with one another. And they find a missing love letter of somebody who works in the airport and they have five days to figure out who it belongs to uh, before one of them leaves the country. Oh, pining. Yes, so much pining. (laughs) I love pining. Pining is so good. And I love that you've you've invented uh, romance novel world airports where there's dog groomers, you can make out, there's secret letters. I hadn't thought about the uniqueness of, of airports in romance land, but this is clearly an invention that needs to happen. 
I think so. And and just for anybody listening, you can make out in airports. I haven't done it, but I feel like maybe I will. Yeah. Um, with my husband, not with a random stranger. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, we talked initially about doing these in like a kind of a small town setting, and I've never. I've lived in small-ish towns, but I've never felt connected to the identity of a small town. And so I was trying to think of small communities. Oh, and yeah. I love airports. Like, I love the idea that there's all these different people and all of these different stories coalescing in one place for this moment in time. Um, and then I started thinking about, oh, what about the people who work there? Like, who are in this community and living yeah. their best life, hopefully. Um maybe not in the last two years, but in general, um, you know, in this community where all of these other people are transient and that's kind of where the idea came from. But also maybe it was an excuse for me to get back in an airport <laughs> and fly somewhere to do a little vacation for some research. Obviously. And you're right. It is sort of a secret community because you think about like they have their own lane and the security. They go in and out every day. They're going to, you're, you're going to see those people maybe once they're going to see those people every day. It is a very small community inside a much larger transient space. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, you know, even with travelers, like, uh, you know, if you're a frequent flyer, if you're traveling to the same airport a lot, that is a very familiar place to you. And I oh, always yes. love the the dichotomy of being in the security line with people who clearly fly seven times a week and somebody who hasn't flown in 30 years. Yes. Um, and just again, like these different stories that are there together. Oh, for sure. Now, what was the experience like writing for audio? I admit as a reader, I love I love audiobooks, love them a lot. Obviously, I podcast, but I also love dialogue. And so you get to write a lot of dialogue, I'm imagining. Was was writing for audiobooks just super fun? Yeah, you know, and it was interesting with the first two, there's some elements that are, are more in line with audio, but they're ebooks and they'll be printed as well. So those really are more traditional. Right. Um, I think traditional books read in audio. With the third one, I played a little around a little bit with format with having some some interlude scenes where they were just conversations where it was just straight dialogue. But I mean, that was kind of lovely. I love writing dialogue and just being able to write the dialogue and some basic cues without all of the other pieces and the exposition and the dialogue tags and the actions. I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is wonderful. I guess this is screenwriting. Um, <laughs> so that for me was really fun. And then because I love audiobooks, um, I was able to have a lot of input on my narrators and maybe I would anyway, but when I was writing them, I could hear some of those voices in my head. So Shane East is the hero uh, voice of the hero in the first book. And I love his voice and his work and would just listen to him read the phone book candidly. Um, <laughs> so as I was writing, you know, I, I heard his voice in my head and that made it kind of more fun to sketch out the character and figure out kind of how they would interact. I agree with you. There are some narrators I could listen to them tell me their grocery list. I've found books solely because who the narrator was on the audio. Like, oh yeah. Never heard of this author. Don't know anything about this book, but so-and-so narrated it. Okay, I'm downloading it, listening. Yep. There's a series of books, and I love the series. Um, the Peter Grant series by Ben Aronovich, which is about a magical detective in London. But they're mm -hmm. read by Kavna Holdbrook-Smith, who I, I seriously would follow him anywhere. He could be reading the absolute antithesis of what I like. <laughs> I could be entrails and doom and terror. And I'd be like, that's right. That's fine. Cobb and Holbrook Smith. No, 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 I'm in. Let's do it. 
Well, you know, and, and they make it, it's a softer, gentle, it's like an entrails lullaby <laughs> when it's somebody whose voice you love. <laughs> All right. Entrails lullaby is now the name of my new cover band. Thank you. That is awesome. Yes. <laughs> you yes. Should, you the, should be I mean, the merch alone would be phenomenal. Oh, I'm already going to start designing it. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to talk to you about the fact that you officiate weddings. This is so cool. How did you start, you know, uniting people in matrimony? Yeah. So in like 2005, 2006, uh, two of my friends were engaged. They were going to be engaged soon. And we were just joking about weddings. I was like, I should get ordained online so I can perform your wedding. Uh, and then I tried it and it took about four minutes. So I did. Um, and then it was a joke. And actually there, I've officiated a lot of friends' weddings. I didn't officiate theirs. Um, but that's how I, I got started. My uncle um, has since retired from it, I think, but has been officiating weddings with that same kind of ordina- uh, ordination since the 70s. Is and so the, I uh, Universal Life of, Church? Yeah, Universal Life Church. Yep. Um, as who does online, and there might be other spots to do it online, but um, that is who I got ordained through. And really, it was just signing up. There's not too much to it. Uh, but I've seen uh, my uncle Tim do that for years and years and years. And so I got it and I just had it in my back pocket. And then the first wedding I ever did was actually my mom's best friend. It was second marriage for her and her husband. They um, didn't or couldn't, or for whatever reason, they didn't want to get married in their church. And so they asked me, and I was so nervous. I was like, I can't possibly do this. So I got my uncle to do it with me, and we tag teamed. And so that was my first one. So you officiated your mom's best friend's wedding with your uncle. Yeah, that sounds like the beginning of a, a, a... story or something but yeah so and it was a lovely wedding and uh, you know family it was a small kind of affair uh, but that was the first one I did and I was like oh like this isn't that scary and I can figure out the paperwork which is really just deciding my name um, <laughs> and so yeah that was my first one but and, and that was wonderful but really the first one I did my on my own is the one that for me kind of always sticks out and thinking about doing this for my friends and family but my best friend from high school called me on like a Tuesday afternoon and said hey what are you doing Thursday <laughs> I was like, ah, working. Going to Costco, you know, as you do. Yeah. He's like, well, can you come up to Omaha and perform our wedding? Um, Because he wanted to marry his now wife and fiance before he um, deployed to Iraq. Oh, wow. um, I was like, sure. And then I think his mom said, no, get a minister. And I was like, okay, I'll just be there. And then he called me that morning. He's like, no, can you still do it? The minister's available. So that one is always special to me because it was, it was my, my best friend um, from high school. Um, but it was the first one I did myself. And I think for that one, I um, wrote the ceremony very quickly. I was the chauffeur. I think I was maybe the best man. I was helping the bride zip up her dress um, and then helping wrangle family. But, um, and the photos of that, at least of me are horrible. So I always love showcasing the photos of the couple. Uh, but that was the first one I did. And it was so special. And um, they are still together. They have three kids. I think they're stationed in Korea right now. Um, but yeah, my track record is pretty good. All my couples are still together. Everybody who wanted children or fur children all have them. And so my track record is pretty good with that. Well played. I think so. I, I don't know how to put that on my resume, but I feel like I should. There has to be a way to put that on your resume. So what are the elements to, to creating a service? What are the things that you do and that you prepare from the point of view of being the efficient? The first thing I always tell any couple I work with, and at this point, I've probably done 10 or 15 different weddings and and wrote my own ceremony. 
um, with my husband, I'm putting up air quotes podcast so folks can't see that. But there's something that I always just say is there are no rules. Yeah. The only rule is that we sign the marriage license at the end. Like that's it. And so when we're building a ceremony, you can make that look any way you want it to look. That's so liberating and so intimidating. I know, I know. But I go a step further because I am type A and I'm like, make the world anything you want. But also here is a spreadsheet. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I like you. <laughs> Years ago, I went and found um, different like verses, readings, sayings, different ways that people had done their vows, all of that, different ceremonies that folks included. And I made kind of this spreadsheet where you could go to the different pieces of a ceremony, pick what you wanted, drag and drop. And then it kind of builds it out. And so that is helpful. I usually send that to people if they want help kind of writing a ceremony because it's just got different poems. I don't usually do much that's uh, religious just because I'm not. And that's usually why people are bringing me in is they don't want necessarily a religious ceremony. But um, everything from posts posts that are more political to literary to funny, different vows. And then every time I do a ceremony, I kind of put the examples in there for folks to see. But I really like being able at the beginning to just set a tone for the ceremony, whatever that's going to be. If it's going to be funny, let's talk about that. If it's going to be kind of heavier or romantic or the crowd's going to be involved, I really like to start things off that way. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I always reiterate to my couple, like as long as we sign the marriage license at the end, this can look however you want. Wow. And you wrote your own wedding too. Yeah. So I am very proud that our vows included some of the standard traditional things, but also zombie apocalypse, federal indictment, a slow internet connection and home improvement project gone very wrong. These all sound like very foundational elements to a marriage. I mean, you're not wrong about any of those things. I mean, not zombies, not yet. And hopefully federal indictment never, but the rest of it was definitely weathered. Um, And my brother actually got ordained to perform our wedding. So um, I performed his um, for him and his wife. And then he did mine or mine and my husband's. And so that was kind of fun, like keeping that in the family. Oh, I love that. That's adorable. And my mom had like matching, you know, wedding photos with all of us in them right next to each other. My heart just melted a little bit. That's so adorable. Your brother married you and you married your brother. That's adorable. I love this so much. It is. It's also a really hard question that you can always play in two truths and a lie. So I always say I married my cousin, I married my brother, and I married my best friend. (laughs) Oh, I will never play this game with you. I would lose. (laughs) Well, that's the only one I got. So now you kind of know the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what are some of the things that you do to make an, uh, an event like that meaningful for that couple and for the people who are witnessing? Because like you said, you have to begin by setting the tone. And that includes both the people who are getting married and the people who are there witnessing the the wedding. It's a lot of gathering people and bringing everyone together and also sort of emceeing it, but not in a very obvious way. What are some of the ways you make it meaningful for everyone? In my training and in my work in education, I've done a lot of public speaking. I do a lot of training. And so part of that, I think, is reading your audience. It's, you know, making eye contact and the way you make your voice, you know, you change kind of the timbre of your voice for humor or for serious or somber or things along those lines. But the piece that I really like to do is if at all possible, I like to be part of the rehearsal. 
So oh, honestly, yes. the all of the wedding guests, I care about them. They're lovely people, but I don't also really care about them that much. <laughs> um, but making sure that the the couple and the people that they love most, like their families, their um, attendants, feel comfortable with the ceremony. Not even like what's being said, but you know where to who to where to go, where they have to stand, what's going to be said when, who comes up to speak, those sorts of things. Right. And I found that when we, you know we're able to practice that, but also when people feel comfortable with that they relax. And so everybody else watching relaxes because, and I re I reassure this to the couple too. I was like, the people are here because they love you or you're serving really good cake, but either way, <laughs> they are motivated to be here and they're going to pay attention. You don't have to entertain them. Like they want to witness this. Yeah. And so I do think like once the, the couple is comfortable with that, they're more relaxed and the ceremony can kind of just go from there. And then I also think there's humor in figuring out um, when things go wrong. Uh, my next, I didn't talk about my new novel, which is about a wedding officiant. So that's a slip up on my part. But I actually put this moment in the book, which is from a real life wedding that I officiated of my best friend from when I was a kid. And something went wrong with the sound system and the wedding planner. And then her dad tripped on her train oh, no. after uh, kind of dropping her off at the front. And I was standing at the front in a microphone. Everybody else was just kind of out in this, this garden. Right. And she just said, well, that was a bleeding, bleeding, bleeding disaster. And so the very first photo of the wedding is her husband looking at her wide-eyed, her looking at me wide-eyed and me pointing at the microphone. All of us just kind of laughing. <laughs> like, this is how the ceremony started. Okay. And nobody hilarious. heard us. Nobody picked it up. But nobody heard. Uh, that was a really kind of fun way to start things off. And then I was doing another one where the these mosquitoes or these little bugs came out of nowhere. Oh no. And so between like every time the couple spoke to each other or somebody else was doing a reading, I was trying to very subtly scratch everywhere, as were the couple. Like everybody was getting bitten and just kind of reassuring them to roll with it. Like it's fine. It's just bugs. Unpleasant. And it really, truly, it isn't a performance, even though it feels like a performance. It's something that you are doing and a bunch of people want to support you. And and other than that, like everything can kind of come together. And I think it must help to be an educator that you're used to being in front of a classroom, that you're you're used to gathering everyone's attention and bringing everyone into that moment. That's part of educating too. I think so. And it's part of, I think it's part of writing. Like uh, sometimes I've written a ceremony, sometimes a couple have written a ceremony, but mm. Um, I do think that's part of the, I don't know, the writer gene of kind of being able to make it a story and make it flow together and yes, um, kind of help people feel like they're kind of on a narrative journey of what's going on with this couple and what's coming next. Absolutely. And I also really love when couples want to add something special to it that's unexpected. I also think that pulls people in. So I was doing um, one wedding where I don't even know where they found this tradition, but they had a chest. And they were putting things in the chest and talking to each other about why it was meaningful oh, um, wow. to each other. And then they closed it up and they were going to open it on the X, Y, and Z anniversary. And that was so like lovely. And it was for them, but everybody loved to watch it. Um, and it was, it was really neat to kind of draw people in. And I did another ceremony. I think it was my brother and sister-in-law's where they did like a hand ceremony, which I hadn't necessarily, necessarily seen before. But they talked about, you know, these are the hands that will hold mine when I'm old. And these are the hands that may like hold our child. And it was all about his hands and look, looking at each other's hands. And it was really something for them. But for everybody else in the audience, of course, they got all the swoons and all the ahs. Oh. Uh, and even though it was a small wedding, like everybody was wrapped to that. 
And so, yeah, if anybody's planning your wedding, like do something that's meaningful for you. And I promise people will pay attention. And if they don't, don't give them any cake. Yeah. Withhold cake if you don't, you know, show up to to witness. Witnessing is important. And cake is really important. So I think people are motivated. So now I have several follow-up questions. Okay. I am fascinated by the idea of building a time capsule while you're getting married. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. It was so cool. I just had never seen that before. That's so clever. I would not have thought of it, but I'm like, wow, that's really smart. And I'm trying to remember. I think they each wrote notes to each other and they put it in there. And oh. I think there was like a bottle of wine or a bottle of champagne. I actually, mm. that bride, um, the woman who got married, I actually ran into her a couple weeks ago. I should have asked her about it. Um, oh, wow. Because I, and I should really tell all my friends that I wrote a book about a wedding planner and a wedding officiant. So all of their weddings were kind of free, you know, free for all for ideas. Absolutely. All of this is uh, writing inspiration, obviously. That's really incredible. I'm just completely taken with this idea. So tell me about your book, the, the new one about this wedding planner. How much fun was that? Oh my gosh, this was so much fun. This was my pandemic book. So I wrote this while my Paw Patrol was on in the background (laughs) and probably a Zoom screen was running. Um, So Do You Take This Man comes out in September and it is about R.J. Brooks, who was a character in The Fastest Way to Fall as well. Um, She is a divorce attorney. She does not really believe in romantic love and she gets ordained solely to perform her best friend's wedding. But she's in a park there's a couple that gets engaged. She gets kind of swept up in the moment and they say, gosh, I wish we could get married right now. She's like, hey, I'm ordained. You don't need, there's no waiting period here. And so she writes this ceremony for them on the fly and performs it in the park. And it's lovely. And she gets kind of swept up and she's like, well, I did my good deed for the day. And then it goes viral. Oh no. So, um, she finds herself in this weird position of being a divorce attorney who does not believe in love, who is also a hotly sought after wedding officiant. And uh, because of romance reasons, she ends up doing this kind of for a few months and falls in love with it. But the only downside is she has to work with a wedding planner who is doing his very best impression of a dude bro after leaving um, event planning for the NFL. And so this is an enemies with benefits story. Um, it's yeah, there's a lot of steam in it. Um, but ultimately, it's also a story about um kind of thinking you're hard to love and then finding somebody who really challenges you on that um, and who really validates all those things about you that you think are hard to love and hard to appreciate. And so the the heroine is prickly and she stays prickly, which I absolutely love. Oh, thank and you. And the hero drops the uh, dude bro thing pretty quickly. But <laughs> thank you for writing a prickly hero heroine who stays prickly. I mean, we are real. I, I really love writing that. I love all of my characters, but I really love writing that heroine because she just 
she's always kind of tough and that's just her personality, but you get to see more and more of her being in love and being vulnerable, but it doesn't change that she's still a really great divorce attorney, that she is really a a tough person, someone who's going to challenge other people. And what she ultimately finds is a partner who doesn't just kind of tolerate those things, but actually actively really loves those things about her, which I think I'm just, you know, we're all looking for that maybe. That was really lovely to write. I had such a fun time with RJ and and Lear as the hero's name. Absolutely. And you got to, you know, write wedding officiating into your story, which you know a little bit about. Yeah. And actually my, my agent came up with that idea. I was in New York in 2019. It's the one time I've met anybody on my publishing team. Um, And we were going out to lunch because my birthday actually. And as we were walking in, I mentioned that I officiate weddings. I might maybe have one later in the summer. I don't remember, but she's like, ah, that would be a good idea for a romance novel. And then when I got back to my hotel, I immediately like sketched out the first chapter and I got so excited about not only writing this character, but also it was so fun to just snapshot these weddings. So there's like a wedding that takes place at a gas station. There's all these different combinations of couples and everybody from like very rich, opulent weddings to like really small beach weddings. There was a roller coaster wedding that got cut for time, but that may be in a bonus scene because I was pretty excited about that one. Um, And so like creating all these little love stories that are just sprinkled, you know, throughout. That's really incredible. Congratulations on a new book. Thank you. I'm I'm excited for this one to come out. And and yeah, I love writing steamy scenes. And there are, I think, 10 in this book. Oh, so, damn. Yeah. Heck Pandemic yeah. book for sure. <laughs> and, and it's interesting because you, you sort of play with the, you know, you, you mentioned that you when you get married, it's not a performance. You're not there to entertain anybody. But it is a, a show. It is it is something that has had a lot of planning going into it and hopefully some thought. And you have the sort of public part of the wedding, the things that you say in front of everyone. And then you have the the sort of private part, what happens immediately after, what happens when it's just the, you and the couple and no one can hear you. You have these sort of private moments as well to write about. Yeah. And, and I like to do that with my couple to check in with them before the wedding gets started. And I write, wrote that into my heroine too. And so you see her kind of in different spaces, reassuring or yep. just talking through logistics or joking around. But yeah, that's all part of the comfort. And I've had the benefit of most of the weddings I've done have been for people who have been family or friends yeah. or friends of friends. So there was some built-in comfort already. But I always joke, this is absolutely the best role to have in anybody's wedding. Because if anybody is going to groomzilla, bridezilla, lovebirdzilla on you, you're the one person they can't. Because I'm like, you need me. Yeah, (laughs) I got to sign that form when (laughs) you cannot act Um, up with me. And they're not going to start without you. So no, they can't start without you. And you get to wear what you want largely. So yeah, it's just ultimately the best role kind of all around. There is, I mean, weddings are, can be at least a huge production and so anxiety inducing and stressful and... I largely honestly stayed away from that with most of the couples because that in this story wasn't necessarily fun to read. Um, but I think that's why if you're able, like when you have people around who can kind of handle that and that's where the, I think the wedding planner in this yes. comes in really well is he handles a lot of details. We get to see him kind of taking care of things. Yes. So mostly we get to see the couples happy. Uh, but I also showed a variety of couples kind of dealing with the things that go wrong on a wedding day. So there's a high maintenance couple that changes their mind about everything and are kind of annoying. There is a couple who rolls with everything 100%. There's a couple who plays a practical joke on their guests where the rings get lost. Um, there's a, a 
uh, couple where one of the people um, abandons the other at the altar and so you can oh. have the emotional piece there. So it really is a variety of all these side characters. But I, do, I just had a blast writing this book. I had so much fun being at weddings and having the juxtaposition of two people who are very anti-love falling in love in the middle of all these weddings. Yeah. And you get you get the the culmination of those people's happy journey, the culmination of their relationship to get married, but then you get to do it over and over and over again. Yeah, and I was I was sharing this with somebody the other day. My favorite thing to pick a very current movie about when Harry met Sally is all of the little interviews with all the different couples. Yes, that's and in the some best ways, part. it's kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, you get these little snapshots of somebody else's love story. You don't want to withhold cake. But do you have a preferred cake? Is there a wedding cake that really stands out? Is there cake that is particularly memorable? Oh, that's a good question. Because I've been to weddings where the cake has been amazing. And I've been to weddings where the cake, I was like, what is this? This is not good. You know, in the moment, I always think, I always assess the cake. Right? (laughs) But now I'm trying to really, I feel like I'm at the age where all of my friends got married, a bunch of them got divorced and then remarried. So I'm not going to weddings near as often anymore. Yeah. Um, Which I guess I need to just make some some single friends and then introduce them to one another and then offer to do their weddings. But... um, All of this being fodder for future novels, of course. Obviously, obviously. Sequels on sequels on sequels. I cannot think of a specific cake that just rocked my world. I'm not super picky about cake. I'm a big cake fan. But generally, if it has frosting, I'm yes. good to go. Yes. Um, so even if I'm like, ah, this is like medium level awesome cake, I'll, I'll still have a second. There's frosting. Um, <laughs> I was just at my local bookstore, um, which is Dog-Eared Books in Ames, Iowa, the other day for a, an event they were doing. And I think I'm going to do a launch party there. And I was like, what if we ordered a wedding cake? <gasps> yes for it because I didn't have one for my own wedding. I had just finished my PhD and we had to reschedule a bunch of things at the last minute. And so we had cupcakes, which were nice, but as a true like cake fan, I feel like I need a wedding cake at some point. 100%. You definitely need to order a tiered wedding cake for your book event. That would be amazing because when, when else do you have tiered cakes, right? I mean, we have a very small family and a five-year-old who only eats frosting. So yeah, I think this is kind of my moment. And we also (sighs) said like, what if we like, we can put in a drawing. Does somebody want to get married during the event? We could renew some vows. Oh, I love that. Write something on the fly. And so I think that'll be fun. Um, The planning of it has not happened yet. At one point, I thought I wanted to be a wedding planner. I love weddings. But then I was like, oh, that's a lot of organization. I don't actually want to do that. No. It's much better to just show up and do the actual service and enjoy the culmination of the planning that has happened elsewhere. 100%. And I I will reiterate it to the end of time. Being an officiant is absolutely the best job to have. I was technically a baker once. Some friends of ours got married in Italy. And before they left, they wanted to just do the legal part of getting married in the States. And so they came over one Saturday morning. Everybody was in flip-flops. And we did their wedding. We had two witnesses in my kitchen. But oh. I thought we needed some pomp and circumstance. So I went and bought some white frosted donuts. Ooh. And we put some Lego people at the top. So they had a wedding cake. Nice. <laughs> I, I think that's perfect. What are some of your favorite readings or texts that you liked that you like including in services? Because there's so many ways of talking. I mean, obviously, as a romance novelist, there's so many ways of talking about love and about affection and commitment. And if you're not angling it through the religious perspective, what are some of your favorite readings to include? 
oh, this would have been great to have my little spreadsheet in front of me so I could read them verbatim. Um, there are a ton of poems I like to offer up as suggestions. There's one by Khalil that now I cannot remember for the life of me, um, but it essentially is looking at kind of equity. I have a lot of different kind of equity-based love poems oh, that talk I like about that. how we're going to honor each other or how we're going to hold each other up, Yeah, um, how we're going to be a home for each other. Um, there's a lot of different ones that I, if it fits a couple, I really like to include those, particularly if folks want to get away. I never, I never volunteer, honor and obey unless somebody really wants that. Yeah. Um, but if they want to get away from those more traditional, yeah. um, sometimes really kind of steeped in patriarchy types of vows. Just a I bit. have a lot of quotes that I found that really lend to that. And then um, I know in, in our wedding, and I've used it in a few others, there's an excerpt actually from the um, Supreme Court decision legalizing um, same-sex marriage oh. that um, is, is beautiful in a wedding ceremony in terms of what love is and what marriage is. And so I know that is in the opening to my own ceremony and I've used that in some other spaces. And that has the double edge of being, you know, around equity and political, but also it's just a beautiful quote about marriage. And so it has kind of that double meaning. And when it's meaningful to the couple, I really like to pull those pieces in. Would you, uh, would you email me that quote so I can include yeah, it in the show notes? To, I'll find the excerpt, but um, I'll make a note right now. Thank you. Because I can include that in the show notes for people who are looking. One of my favorite parts of my vows from my wedding, and I don't remember exactly what book it was, but we found a book of vows that were somewhat Jewish, somewhat secular. And one line was to promise to love your body as it ages. Oh, I love that. And I love that part so much. We still talk about it because, you know, when you grow old, bodies are weird, right? 100%. 100% <laughs> weird. And as you age, weird things go on. And we acknowledge that we want to age together. That was one of my favorite parts that I will love your body as it ages. I, I've i not used that before, but I love that. And like that we're going to change, that we're going to be different people. Yes. There is, there is some, I don't remember if it's part of vows or it's just part of a reading, but it gets to that same idea. It's not specifically about bodies, but it's that um, I will love you as you continue to be and we will we will affect each other as we grow and change. And yes. I will be part of who you become and you'll be part of who I become. And it, it really speaks to that idea of change and evolution and growth. Yes, that you are not going to be the same person forever, but that you are loved as you are and as you evolve. Yes, and and bless that because who wants to be the same person that they were when they were 23? No, no, I do not. <laughs> no. So what is your favorite part of officiating weddings? My, actually, my very favorite part is always the part I get a little bit nervous for is at the end, you know, they've, if they're doing rings, they've done that. And if they're going to kiss, they've done that. Mm -hmm. And I get to say, you know, uh, please help me in congratulating the new couple, whatever they want to be addressed as. Yes. Um, and that is where I can kind of put my, I always have a special binder I use. So I can read the notes as I can put that down. And I get to look at the audience. And as long as I get everybody's names right, yes. um, which is where the stress comes in, uh, that is kind of my favorite part because it's like, okay, we're going to go eat cake. But, you know, the stress is off. Usually the couple is low stress at that point. Everybody's really happy. We're done. And clapping. And if the photographer is there, like they're going to get a great picture of everybody. And I, I just, I love that part. It's kind of just the stress is off for everybody. And like, it's done. Like you're, 
you're married. I mean, that's nothing signed yet. So I guess not legally, but uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, you've committed to one another and here we are. And yeah, that's always my, my absolute favorite part. And that the thing that has happened has happened in that space, in that moment, in that moment, you can acknowledge that the moment is happening as it is happening. It's one of those things where being there and being in that space and creating that moment is part of what happens for those people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as the officiant, like it's so, I mean, every step along the way, I, I feel honored that somebody has trusted me to kind yeah. of be with them in that moment to kind of, you know, move things along and, and shepherd the ceremony or, or whatever. Um, but it, it is that, I don't know, that's like a reiteration moment. And that's something I wrote into the character who who is tough, who does not show vulnerability, but kind of in her own heart, she's like, in this moment, I get to be soft. In this moment, I yeah. get to firmly believe in love, even though later I'm going to joke that I only do this to, you know, get clients for seven years from now. Uh, she's got some dark humor to her. Um, <laughs> but you know, like that, that moment just feels really special and, and very much like an honor of getting to be part of somebody's, you know, a small part, but part of somebody's love story. Yeah. And, and I think both people in the book, like come to that at different points, even as they're falling in love with each other. Yeah. So what books are you reading right now that you would like to tell people about? Oh yeah. On the wedding thing, I'm not reading it right now because I just finished it, but The Wedding Crasher by Mia Sosa Mm -hmm. was so good. And I loved the first book, um, uh, The Worst Best Man. But I've just been in kind of a reading slump, like I think everybody else, uh, the last six, seven months, I kind of burned out. And I read that when I went out to the um, LA Times Festival of Books a few weeks ago, and it just completely charmed me. It's funny, it's hot, it's family oriented. And I just had so much fun with that book. I've been recommending it everywhere. Um, And so much fun as a rom-com. On the very opposite of that is a (laughs) series that a friend recommended to me. And she's like, okay, I need you to read these books, but they're weird. Like, this is a weird thing for me to recommend to you in this year of 2022. I was like, okay, I am intrigued. And it's the Four Horsemen. I think it's called the Four Horsemen series by Laura Thalassa. Ah, Um, yes. That is the opposite of that. Yeah, 100%. Like, it's plague. It's war. It's super violent. Like, content warnings left and right. But the storytelling, the writing was so, um, I don't know, it just captivated me. It pulled me in in a way that like books haven't um, recently in a different way than The Wedding Pasture did. Um, and so I read, I listened, I think I consumed all of those whole in about five days. Um, wow. Truly, truly, truly check the trigger warnings before you read those because there is a lot. I don't usually read fantasy or uh, dark romance. That's mm-hmm. just usually not my thing. Um, but for whatever reason, I, I really love this book, especially the first three. Falling for the Enemy just came out on Tuesday. It's by Katie Golding, and it is uh, erotic romance. It's a take on um, uh, You've Got Mail in California in the music industry, and that is super fun. And then I just finished Stirring Up Love by Shonda Bloomberg, which is out, I think, later in July. And that one was charming and, and lovely. Um, which is the sequel to Digging Up Love, uh, which came out last year, I think. Which had a great cover. Yes, I love that cover so much. And this one's really cute too. It's pink and bright. Um, I had a a PDF. I had an advanced reader copy of it. But uh, yeah, that one's coming. And that one was a lot of fun and really sweet. And kind of back to to rom-com versus the the end of the world. (laughs) So where can people find you, especially if they want to get married by a romance author? 
Well, I'm in Ames, Iowa currently, um, but more likely you can find me on Instagram and TikTok and um, Twitter, all at Nick Will Writes, and I'm probably there when I should be writing a book. Um, otherwise, my, um, my website is uh, denisewilliamswrites.com, which is where I highlight all my books and also um, give information on like content warnings and um, heat level and some of those other things for all of my books. So that's all there. But yeah, I'm, I'm in the middle of Iowa. So if you want to get married in Iowa, like hit me up. I love doing weddings and I know too many married people now, so I don't get to do them as much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this interview. This has been absolutely delightful. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm going to email you those quotes and write down the, um, write down the love your body. I love that. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you to Denise Williams for hanging out with me. I will have links to all of the books that we talked about. And I also have in the show notes two of the quotes that she uses from the Supreme Court of the United States and the Supreme Court of Massachusetts about marriage that she has used in her wedding services. You can find those in the show notes at smartpitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. But I would love to know, have you officiated a wedding? Was it really cool? Have you been in a memorable wedding? Please just tell me everything. I'm super nosy and I would love to know. You can email me at sbjpodcast at gmail.com or you can leave a message at 201-371-3272. I absolutely love hearing from you. Seriously, makes my entire week. And as always, I end with a really bad joke, and this week is no exception. Are you ready for this week's terrible joke? I know you are on the edge of your seat, unless you're driving. Don't do that. Let's do this. Mm, Serious podcaster voice. Why can't humans hear a dog whistle? Give up? Why can't humans hear a dog whistle? Because dogs can't whistle. You know, I both of my dogs are very hard of hearing now, so they don't even hear me whistle. So no one's hearing the dog's whistle. That was from the Cheesecake Lover on Reddit. Thank you, wonderful person, for that terrible joke. And on behalf of everyone here, we wish you a wonderful weekend. Have a very, very lovely set of books to read wherever you are, and we will see you back here next week. Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.